Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 2 episode 343 of this daily study podcast. Thank you once again for joining us and thank you for joining us as we are back to normal on our regular schedule. Uh, Today we are beginning our study of this week's Come Follow Me and we only really have uh, two more weeks of the Book of Mormon which is really strange. Of course we have our Christmas week following that which is based in the Book of Mormon as well but this is the final two weeks we have of the actual Book of Mormon to study. Um, it's been a wonderful year and we've got some wonderful um, principles and things to learn over these next coming couple of weeks. So let's have a look in Moroni chapter 7, verse, uh, chapter 7 to 9 for December 7th to 13th. May Christ lift thee up. And today we're going to look at the section titled, The Light of Christ Helps Me Judge Between Good and Evil. Moroni chapter 7, verses 12 to 20. We are going to begin before chapter 12 just to get a bit of context. So these words that we're reading right now in Moroni chapter 7 are a sermon that was given by his father, Mormon, uh, to the people. In terms of when it was given, we don't know, but we are pretty certain it was a number of decades previous, as uh, Moroni is uh, concluding this narrative decades after um, he has been left on his own to traverse and travail upon the earth. Um, He says in verse 1, And now I, Moroni, write a few of the words of my father, Mormon, which he spake concerning faith, hope, and charity. For after this manner did he speak unto the people as he taught them in the synagogue, which they had built for a place of worship. A couple of interesting things there. First of all, that again, it is Mormon's words about faith, hope and charity. And we know about the faith, hope and charity being this really important um, three-legged stool upon which our discipleship should sit. That They really are a central part to how we should try and be as, as disciples of Jesus Christ. But interestingly as well, that, he, that Mormon was speaking to people in a synagogue. So whilst we know, as if you remember in the Book of Mormon, within the Book of Mormon, uh, the state of the people at the time, there was obviously a large enough group to be able to teach and to, and to teach, to preach and to teach to. Um, and, you know, you could liken that to today. You know, we have congregations across the world, but of course, the number of us in these congregations are a very small fraction compared to the world's population, which kind of brings you into us into stark reality as to, as to how similar to our time, Mormon's time could have been at a certain point. Um, Richard Dilworth Rust uh, said this, quote, One of the most tightly woven and forceful sermons in the Book of Mormon is that recorded by Moroni as given by his father, Mormon, on faith, hope and charity. The topic is particularly poignant in this context. Mormon has been killed by the Lamanites and Moroni is the solitary survivor. Recording these words out of his own generosity of spirit, we can also imagine that Moroni is rereading this sermon to strengthen his own faith, hope and charity, a topic Moroni addresses in his concluding words in the Book of Mormon. Close quote. I love that insight because it gives us a bit more than just, oh, Moroni just saw this talk that had been written down by his father and thought it was really good. It's probably a lot of the things that he's thinking about at this time, the things that he's pondering on, Moroni, because, of course, he is reaching the end of his time and he is pondering over these words and he speaks about them in Moroni 10 as well. So I think that's important to remember. In verse 2, um, it says, he, well, Mormon begins, he says, And now I, Mormon, speak unto you, my beloved brethren, and it is by the grace of God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ and his holy will, because of the gift of his, of his calling unto me, that I am permitted to speak unto you at this time. I love this by Mormon, the the joy he has of being able just to speak to the people. I mean, when we're given an opportunity to speak in a sacrament meeting, do we joy at the moment to be able to be permitted to speak unto the the people? 
Do we joy at the, at the opportunity that we have to share our testimony, to share our thoughts on a certain topic? Um, of course, Mormon was, is a great example of this. Um, but Linda K. Burton echoed these thoughts. She said, quote, don't you love Mormon? He knew who he was and what his mission was and was not distracted by the evil that surrounded him. In fact, he considered his calling to be a gift. Think what a blessing it is to be called to give our gift of daily discipleship to the Lord, declaring in word and deed, behold, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ, close quote. You know, I, I, I sometimes take the opportunity that I have to do this podcast for granted. The fact that I can speak into my device, that I can record these words and broadcast it out to hundreds of people across the globe, and that actually, you know, a number of people are listening to this. It's just a joy to me. Um, and I, you know, I'm so grateful that I'm permitted to use this technology to speak and to share my testimony in this way. It's something which I've desired to do a few years ago that I felt prompted I needed to do. And I thought a blog was a, was a good way to do that. But I found the time difficult to be able to type things out on a computer and that kind of thing. But to be able to just record and share it is just so much easier. And so I'm so grateful that I've been brought to this technology. Uh, Mormon continues, uh, and he says in verse 3, Wherefore I would speak unto you that are of the church, that are the peaceable followers of Christ, and that have obtained a sufficient hope by which ye can enter into the rest of the Lord, from this time henceforth until ye shall rest with him in heaven. Now I thought this was interesting. What does this phrase, peaceable followers, mean? And how can these people who lived at a time of great wickedness be peaceable people uh, if they are followers of the church, despite the great wickedness and destruction around them. Um, Bruce C. Hafen uh, said this, quote, This is the spiritual endowment of hope, of perspective, of patience, of an inner serenity, a sure inner sight that is not weary and well-doing. Such hope is bestowed by the power of the Holy Ghost, which comforter filleth with hope. It is the hope that Mormon recognized as a, as a sustaining, God-given source of strength in the maturing stages of spiritual development, not perfect, not frantic, not pessimistic, and not artic artificially cheerful. The walk of those who walk with the endowment of hope is peaceable. Close quote. Those of us who are disciples of Jesus Christ can be peaceable in, the, in these times, even in times of great suffering and sadness with the global pandemic and wars and natural disasters, it can be a very scary world that we live in. And sometimes I think some of us sit in our homes with our central heating and uh, all these things and the warm comforts that we have, and we kind of are detached from just just how dangerous and how um, violent the storms of life are outside. And then sometimes we get smashed with that. We wonder, well, why is that? Why are we allowed to have that? But even then we can have a peaceable, our walk can be peaceable because of the hope that we have through the Holy Ghost. And so that is going to be something we look a lot at uh, in this section today. Now we are going to move on to um, judging between good and evil. And, you know, for the last couple of minutes, let's just talk about this. In verse 12, uh, because we could talk about chapter 7, every single verse for ages. I'm going to skip ahead to chapter 12 and it says, Wherefore all things which are good cometh of God, and that which is evil cometh of the devil. For the devil is an enemy unto God, and fighteth against him continually, and inviteth and enticeth to sin, and to do that which is evil continually. Um, so we are told now uh, of ways we can judge this, and we'll, and we'll talk about how we can judge these things tomorrow, and what the word judge means, because there's a lot of negative connotations with that word. But what we need to understand is that everything, everything that is good comes from God. 
And we're not just talking about the gospel as we understand it as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Of course not. There are so many good things in this world that are not to do necessarily with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, there there is a huge amount of things, as long as they invite us and entice us to, to do good. Um, I'm just trying to think uh, of, a, of a clear example that I can give you at this moment in time. There are some films, for example, which don't focus on Jesus Christ, for example, but, you know, can in, inspire and invite and encourage people to do good and to, to reach out and be kind and to love each other and to, you know, be yourself and to, um, you know, be happy. And, you know, one of the films that just comes to mind, which I really enjoy that I just felt really uplifted by is The Greatest Showman. You know, if it's not it's not focused on Christ, it's not focused on the principles of his gospel, but it is just a really uplifting and a really positive message and a positive film uh, with some wonderful um, insights. And I just walked out of that wanting to there's a moment at the end, and if you've not seen it, then I'm going to spoil it a little bit. But basically, at the end, um, I mean, to be honest, if you're not seeing it now, then and then you probably aren't that interested. So I'm going to go with it. Um, uh, there's a bit at the end where you know the whole idea is that this this guy grows up and he he's got his young family and he wants to have success, and then success comes to him and he has wonderful success. He goes to, gets to travel the world and he's about to make horrific choices which could destroy his family. He doesn't make that choice and then he comes back and then everything's in bits and, you know, his wife leaves him and his children go with them, with her and he's really down. And then in the end, basically, it's all brought round and, and, you know, he decides that his family are the ones that matter the most. And I left that cinema, having watched that film in tears, looking at the final scene where he just sits back and part of the line, one of the lines in the song that, of The Greatest Show is, you know, um, ah, it's all gone now. It's everything you ever want. It's everything you ever need. And it's here right in front of you. And it, during the, um, the film, it's obviously talking about the show that he's doing. And, you know, it's, he's performed this, he's produced this great show and it's all here for you. And it's wonderful. But actually at the end, he's singing that same line, but he's singing it whilst he's watching his daughters take part in like a little dance show for like one of their, one of their dance, um, classes have put on. And then he's singing that to himself and his wife. And it just hit me. I was just like, oh, I need to say it, spend more time with my family. I need to really just love my family and just take in every moment I can with them because those moments are going to go very quickly. That inspired me to do good. That inspired me to be to, to, to do good and to reach out and be the best that I could be. And it wasn't, you know, a, a church film or anything like that. And yet it made me want to do good. Anything that is good comes from God and anything that seeks that entices us to do evil is of the devil. Now, I, we have reached the end of this um, study session period today. Um, President Thomas S. Monson, though, I'm going to share this final quote by him. He said, quote, may I provide a simple formula by which you can measure the choices which confront you. It's easy to remember. You can't be right by doing wrong. You can't be wrong by doing right. Your personal conscience always warns you as a friend before it punishes you as a judge. Close quote. We could talk more about this and we will talk more about this tomorrow. Please do join us tomorrow as we continue our study of this chapter. It is a fantastic section. One of my favourite parts of the Book of Mormon. I've said that about many parts, but yeah, it's another one. So please do join us tomorrow as we continue with looking at this section. You can also share the podcast. Please do share the podcast. You can join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session. We'll come follow me. 
You can also email um, ldsstudiesession at gmail.com if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode yourselves. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.